Amen. Well, thank you very much. Come to you as a people, as a holy nation, as a whole, a royal priesthood, as a congregation you have redeemed, as a people that you have set apart, and we come believing and trusting in what you are going to do for us this year, and the kingdom of darkness that is going to crumble, that is going to be destroyed, that is going to be defeated. Thank you, Father, because of the tools, the equipments you are giving us. Thank you because of the prophetic tools you are granting to us uh, this year. And Lord, we start this particular 40 days with a triumph. And Lord, we declare that uh, the presence of God will move ahead of every man that has decided to wait on you. No man waits on you and goes back empty. So Lord, we surrender our bodies, our minds, our environments, whatever that is going to happen, Lord, in those environments, workplaces that don't honor God, situations that we meet daily, we surrender them to you. We ask that the ear that you will give us this time around to hear your voice shall be the ear that will be picking the instructions that will lead us to war, the instructions that will generate in us and train our hands for war, to make war. Our fingers need to be trained for war because what we are up against, Lord, is something that requires us to learn from you, who is me. Something that requires us to prepare our hearts. So King of Glory, we ask that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we will overcome, we will prevail, we will triumph. And all these, your servants that have joined, as they start today, as, they have, as we have all started today, Father, we pray that the grace will multiply, in their homes, let there be peace. We bind the retaliation that comes, especially for those that have set themselves apart to honor you and to live for you. In the name of Jesus, we frustrate the, the, the plans and purposes of Satan over our lives, over our families, over our children, over our finances this year, this month, in the name of Jesus. We pull down all the opposing forces that oppose ministry at the cathedral in the name of Jesus. We pull down all the strongholds that opposes ministry at the cathedral and diocesan level. We pull them down in the name of Jesus. All the opposing forces that speak destruction, oh Lord, arise and let the enemy be scattered this year. We enter this season triumphantly. We declare that we are more than conquerors and no power of hell no scheme of man, no propaganda from the diocesan level, provincial level, and any other level that many times fights against what you are doing at the cathedral will prevail. Lord, we know that war can come from anywhere. Father, we now shield ourselves in these 40 days with the blood of Jesus. And all the individuals that are against things that you want to do, Lord, the Bible says that my persecutors, they shall fall and stumble. And you will stand with us and besides us as a mighty, terrible warrior. So, Lord, will you fight for us? So, Lord, we pray that this evening will give us a beginning, will set, O oh God Almighty, the trajectory of what you want to do in the next 40 days. And that, Lord, we will seek you. As we seek you, we will find you. And as we find you, Lord God Almighty, we will prevail in every way. We speak order in every way. We speak order in our lives. We speak order in the lives of our children. We speak order in every place where you have deployed us. We speak order in the name of Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. And we ask that in this season, you will arise for us, support us, Lord, be our supporter, be our God, be our King, be our Master, and be our glory.
because you have charged us to come forth, Lord, and emerge as a new generation. Thank you, Father. You just spoke to us yesterday about a new dawn and rivers in the desert. We are asking that, Lord, none of us shall get thirsty when we are near the fountain of living waters. So we bless your holy name and we magnify you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> now, uh, I want to uh, welcome each one of us to this first day of um, January as we kick off our 40 days of prayer and fasting. Um, about a month ago, when I was in prayer, the Lord brought this issue of the prayer of a righteous person. And, um, you know, uh, and, and of course, I, I found out, of course, it's in James. Um, so this will be the theme. This will be the theme for this month and coming into February. And February, we'll be having that last week from the 1st up to the 9th. We'll be having, uh, we'll be having uh, 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 you know, evening sessions uh, there at the cathedral. Um, so, so please get ready and always connect so that we can see, we can hear what God is saying and so on and so forth. Of course, that will be part, night of glory will be on the 2nd of February. So all that will be part and parcel of what uh, uh, we are doing. And we are asking God that we will actually wait on him and without discouragement. So uh, the text that um, uh, is, is appointed is James uh, chapter 5, like our sister uh, has uh, mentioned. James chapter 5, uh, verse, we can pick it up from verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. There are many kinds of sufferings, as you know. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15. And the prayer of faith, some versions say of the righteous, will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise man. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Okay, so we have so many versions. That is the ESV. The Amplified actually says that um, um, the prayer of faith still and the message Bible, um, there's a version that um, is called um, uh, the easy to read. The easy to read also mentions um, um, they should, if they said really says if they pray in that way that they trust God will answer them, the sick person will become well again. There are so many versions, as you all know. So I want to focus on this issue of the prayer of the righteous. The prayer of the righteous avails much, avails much. And I want to begin from the point of who are the righteous. The first thing that we need to note is that the righteous are the redeemed. Those that have been redeemed, you know, to redeem is to buy back. You were lost, something was lost, but now it's been brought back to its you know, original owner. So the righteous are the redeemed. And you know that since the Old Testament, God began to shepherd this race of the righteous. He began to bring a people out for his own purposes. They are individuals, there are also communities that we see in the Bible. He began to, uh, to, to, to bring up a, a nation, you know, out of individuals and so on. And, um, and, and when God began to do that, he brought out a holy nation. And he then he entered into partnership with that particular nation. He entered into partnership with that man. He entered into partnership with people like Abraham. He entered into partnership with Noah. You know, and you know that in Genesis chapter 6, things were too bad. And that's when you see the heart of God. In Genesis chapter 6, when you read, you discover that uh, God was not happy with uh, mankind. The Bible says that um, 
um, um, the, the, the Lord said, my speech shall not slug with man forever, for it's indeed the flesh, yet his days shall be 120. You know all that. And the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great. So one man that pleased God, Noah, you know, who began to walk with God, actually, uh, you know, um, began to, um, uh, it, it was the beginning of a new generation. So the Old Testament has all this. There is a God that is shepherding a people, a race, in order to bring up the righteous, praise the Lord. So that partnership is what we call the covenant that he actually entered into. Now, throughout the Bible, God has a way of describing this partnership. And um, this partnership is, is you, every time you hear him say, my people, my people, in the Bible, he's talking about the church. God is looking for a people. He's looking for a body to use. You know, why is God looking for a body to use? And we emphasize this in the prophetic way. It's because he wants to demonstrate his power, his authority here on earth. And through prayer, the church has been given the road, road of arahoti, of power, of authority, and to bring the kingdom of God here on earth. The church has been given that you know, authority so that as it is in heaven, so it shall be here also on earth. So that's the aim of the church, to make a difference between the wicked and the righteous. And there's so many that are out there be brought to, 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 the, to, to the kingdom of God. And it's in this partnership, in the realm of prayer, that's where there is partnership with God, regular prayer, people that are going to stand in the gap, intercession. And until you learn to be in the presence of God, regularly speaking to him, communicating to him, praying to him, until we learn the secret of doing that, you know, until we come to the realization that God can actually communicate to you, you are also talking back to him. You cannot change anything. You can't. You can't change anything. All our talk about national transformation and uh, all this that we talk about, uh, in revival, there is nothing that is going to happen if we have, if God has not found a surrendered life through which He can flow through the earth, and that life, that those people are the righteous. The prayer of the righteous avails much. So God wants to flow in this earth, and it's in the place of prayer where we're going to have that partnership developed, where certain things are going to be revealed to the righteous. All right, and prayer is not preparation for battle. Prayer is the battle itself. It's battle. We have to battle. And I said it in the prophetic week that uh, our battle should not be delegated. We shouldn't delegate. We shouldn't say, "Okay, Joab, you be the one to go. Me, I stay in Jerusalem." You know, David in Second Kings chapter eleven. Second Samuel, sorry, delegated, said, oh, you can go. And the Bible says they ravaged the Ammonites. But David remained in Jerusalem. It's time for battle. And that's why the enemy will first take away the prayer life of a child of God, especially as you pick up the year, the first day like this. He will desire to take away the prayer life that you have. He wants to finish you up. And of course, once your prayer life is finished, all the other things to do, they are easy to take them away. Fellowship, very easy to take away. All the people that have backslid, you check their prayer life, the closet lights, the secret place. You find that there's a problem there. So, and let me say this. Until you have a prayer life, you have no ministry. We need to know that. Until you have a prayer life, an effective prayer life. You do not have any minister at all because this is where 
the, 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 the things are cooked. So when, when, when James said the, pray, the prayer of the righteous avails much, you get to understand that the priority why we are here on earth is to raise that partnership, to strengthen that partnership with God and be able to bring the will of God here on earth through prayer. Now, Nehemiah, people like Nehemiah understood this. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4 to 6. The Bible says, as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. You know that, um, you know, Hanan had brought a message, uh, you know the story from Nehemiah chapter 1, what happened uh, in that particular text. The Bible says in Nehemiah um, um, uh, chapter 1, uh, for, for before we get to this particular Text. The, the Bible says that um, it came to pass in the month of Kislev, 20th year, that Hanan, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem, and they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. So it was now after this message that now Nehemiah began to mourn. He was fasting, was praying before the God of heaven. That's what the Bible says. And he now entered into that season. And the Bible says that he said, he prayed. This is a prayer he prayed. He said, oh Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps the covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. So you see, those, the righteous, understand God as a covenant keeper. And then he said, let your ear be attentive and your, ear, your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant. So Nehemiah understood the prayer of the righteous avails much. And it's after this prayer, brethren, that it's this prayer that made him to appear before the king. And uh, he explained the situation. And look at what happened in, in chapter 2, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 4 to 5. The Bible says, the king said to him, what are you requesting? So he said, uh, the Bible said, you know, so I pray to the God of heaven. So in other words, as he was talking to the king, he was also praying. You know, there are certain figures you are going to meet in 2024. As you are fasting, as you are having a meeting with them, there are certain people as you are talking to them, you need to be praying because they can take you back, you know, into the flesh. And he said, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor, send me to Judah to the city of my father's grace. I may rebuild it. So then watch what followed now in verse 8 on Nehemiah chapter 2. And the king granted me what I asked, for the good hand of my God was upon me. So you can see here that um, Nehemiah understood the prayer of the righteous avails much. He began with prayer, went, this is a national uh, you know, office. This is a place where the government, something set up. He said the setting here is in that context. But you see, it avails much for those who have understood the power of prayer. They are going to take it and effect it in certain offices. They are going to take it and, you know, uh, make use of it in banks, in organization. They are going to start fellowship there. All right? It's in the realm of prayer where there is a real partnership with God. God is not only interested in, with the church. God is also interested in all those people that are outside the church. He wants them to come inside. So the success of a church, the spiritual energy of a church, the impact of that church in the society is found in the place of prayer, is found in this place. And in prayer, there must be unity. There must be unity in the realm of prayer. And Acts chapter 12, verse 1 to 5 shows us that. Acts 12, verse 1 to 5. You know the story. The Bible says about that time, Herod the king, laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. So there was panic actually here. He killed James, 
the brother of John. Then he arrested, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. The Bible says Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer, prayer without ceasing, intercession was made for him to God by the church, by the church. You know how we are operating at all sense? We operate in terms of order of service. So sometimes when you call believers to pray in a service, in a normal Sunday service, they'll be looking at you. They'll be looking at you because they think that is only for overnight. You know, they'll look at you and they'll say, they'll look at their watch. In 2024, we need to break that type of understanding. The church needs to pray. Whether you are in a wedding, whether you are in a, in a, in a Sunday service, it doesn't matter where you are. The church needs to pray. We cannot limit prayer only to overnight. No, no, no. It's not going to happen like that. We cannot limit prayer only to prayer week or prayer month. No, no, no. We cannot limit prayer to only the time of fasting. Prayer must happen and it will happen in 2024. Even on Sundays, there are going to be Sundays that have been set apart only to pray. You come in and um, as the worship is going on, the whole two hours we are praying. That's what the church is supposed to be doing. And without this, we are going nowhere. If the people in the Old Testament understood, we must appreciate this truth, you know, in a way that actually, uh, you know, helps us to understand the seasons we are in. Nehemiah understood the season. And the moment, you know, he prayed, answers came. The people of the New Testament, they prayed. So that's what the righteous should do. The prayer of the righteous avails much. Avails much. You see, Peter was released. So James was killed. They didn't pray. And the more they did not pray, the more they could not stop the persecution. The more he arrested Peter, the moment he arrested Peter, the church now went to constant prayer. Realized that they did not look for the best lawyer in town. The church did not look for whom they knew. The church did not look for connections with government. They didn't call for roundtable discussions. They went into prayer and they did not stop until Peter was out. This coming year, this year that has come, we must not stop until something is given birth to. The prayer of the righteous avails much. They understood that if the prayer of the righteous avails much, then the intervention of your lawyer, the intervention of your doctor, the intervention of your government avails very little. Yes. The intervention, because we pray so God can intervene. And when we pray and God intervenes, you will find that most of the things that where the devil had succeeded, it was because we were lazy to pray. Anytime you see Satan succeeding, anytime you see Satan taking charge in a team, in a, in a community, it is a weakness, it's a failure to pray. It's a failure to pray. There is no intervention without intercession. In Genesis chapter 18, verse 22 to 33, Abraham, a righteous man. You know, the topic is the prayer of the righteous avails much. Abraham interceded for that city, Sodom, and there was intervention. As this natural world is advancing, you can see the kind of scientific knowledge that is being unveiled. God expects you also to advance in the knowledge of the supernatural realm. God expects you. The school of the supernatural is the school of the spirit. Is the school of prayer. The school of prayer. We can preach. We can teach. And teaching and preaching will educate the mind. People will get to have knowledge. But prayer educates the human spirit directly, strengthens you. And for those of you who are fasting, you're going to see that as you, as days pass by, all the things that you used to have begin to go away. Why? Because you are receiving something as you're in the place of prayer. You have subdued the flesh. You want to hear God. 
So the church, the righteous, we have been called out. It's a confused and bewildered humanity that we are living in, in our midst. And we, we are supposed to be the sort that keeps this society from decay. And we have been given an assignment to influence the affairs of nations, to influence the affairs of families, communities, individuals, etc., through prayer, through prayer. So one of the things that I would like us to pray through this year is that um, we will not only effect prayer at the cathedral, we will now begin to spread to our communities to do prayer walks there, to claim that territory for God. We need to get to that level. The church, let me tell you the church what it means. The church is a carefully chosen and packaged institution that has been put here on earth to respond to circumstances, to respond to situations. And you know, in Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 26, I want to show you something. Solomon prayed there, Second Chronicles 6, 26. He said, whenever the heaven is shut up and there's no rain, because they have sinned against you, if they pray towards this place and acknowledge your name and turn from their sin when you afflict them, so he was, and then later on, God now responded and said, if my people, you see the church there, the righteous, if my people who are called by my name, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear, you know the scripture. So it's very important. That's why Peter, in First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he said, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, so that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him that called you out of darkness into light. The church is a nation. The righteous, we are a nation. And our mandate is to proclaim mighty acts, not simple acts. If you think prayer is simple, <laughs> we are joking. We are to proclaim mighty acts. You know, how do we affect that? It's through prayer. Our prayers, let me make this statement. Our prayers will never avail much until we have understood two basic things or two truths. I want to mention them here. There are two basic things that I want to be mentioning. I will conclude with this, that we need to understand in this prayer month from today up to ninth. We need to understand, number one, open heavens and then close the heavens. Open heavens and close the heavens. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 11, Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. So you see, the, it's, it's, really, it's really open. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be open to you. And you know all those things that he said. But my question is, I was reading this in the morning. Why is it that even after this assurance, ask it will be given? Why is it that even after all these assurances, because he was talking to the righteous here, why is it that our experience has been different? Why are we experiencing closed heavens? Closed heavens are the result of lessness to pray. In First Samuel chapter three, First Samuel chapter three, we have an interesting scenario there. That chapter begins with the statement like. The word of the Lord was precious, was rare in those days. There was no open vision. Vision. There was no open vision. And you know, a vision, it means divine revelation, prophetic vision by which divine messages are communicated. There is a, a Bible dictionary which says there was no public and recognized revelation of the divine will. And the last verse of the same chapter of chapter 3, the Bible says, And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. My question is, what was happening between the time there was no revelation and this time that all of a sudden he has revealed himself again? What happened between those two testaments, those two statements to change the spiritual climate of the nation of Israel? Is prayer. It's prayer. 
A spiritual climate of your family can change. If you, the righteous, understand the weapon that you have, you can change. A spiritual climate of a church can change if you understand the weapon that you have. So Samuel was there waiting and, you know, he was in the presence. He was, he was waiting upon the Lord. He was sitting beside the Ark of the Covenant. Hmm? And listen to me very carefully. It's so, because it is, it is this situation, that waiting, it is from prayer that God will instruct you on what to do. So what we have here is a situation whereby the chapter starts with a spiritual closed heaven, closed heaven over the priesthood. Hmm? That's why we're emphasizing on leaders that pray. Once there is closed heaven over priesthood, you're going to have all kinds of things happening in that place. So the chapter starts with that. Spiritually closed heaven. One of the things we must pray for is we must pray for an open heaven for our leaders, for all the congregation now. Most of the times we've been concentrating on leaders, but now this time around, we're going to involve all the congregation, you know? And an open heaven is what we need. If the prayer of the righteous would avail much, we need an open heaven. An open heaven is a spiritual portal. An open heaven it can be defined as a, as a gate. You are hearing the voice of God. It can be a window or door. That's the image. Listen, everything that God does, he does it under an open heaven. When the heavens are open, that is when we walk by faith. That is when we build by faith. That's when we preach by faith. We win souls by faith when the heavens are open. We don't do ministry because it is part and parcel of what people have been doing. We do ministry because there is backup behind us. And what brings God into the place is prayer. Do you know those things that you think are crazy to do? You begin to understand them in the context of open heavens, you will discover that actually they are not crazy. When we have open heavens, walking by faith brings the invisible to the visible. It brings things from the spiritual dimension to the natural dimension, from the supernatural to the natural. That's why Jesus, anytime he's talking to the disciples and he realizes that they are speaking in the natural, he has to explain what he means. But the issue is they did not know because as Jesus is going to pray for them, they are going to do other things. You know, that was the trend. Now, let me just um, uh, mention one or two things here, how you can you know that you are under open heavens. How do you know that you are under open heavens? Number one, you have encounters with God. You have encounters with God. Last 40 days, I had several of them like this. Encounters with the Lord. Not only 40 days, but if you cultivate a life of prayer and fasting, you know, you have encounters with God. Number two, you feel the presence of God. Number three, it takes you from walking in the natural to the supernatural. One of the things I will tell you, brethren, is that the natural is very active. Oh, my God. You see activities everywhere. You see people, they are moving. That's why we need to switch it off in this time of fasting, because the natural is so active. We need to see heavens and the righteous. We must switch off them. How do you know you are under open heavens? Things happen without much effort. Things happen without much effort. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 3, Samuel was just sleeping when the Lord came. After all that season of no visions. And remember, Eli, the priest, was there. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark was. You must be in the presence. You know, 
So whenever you are under open heavens, things will happen without effort. And he heard the word of the Lord. And then number five, how do you know you are under open heavens? You work under peace, under rest, under abundance. You work under peace, under rest, under abundance. That's how you know you are operating under open heavens. And every man, a child of God, needs to know this. That if you don't bring prayer in your office, you have all your staff, they are all dry, they, are, they bring challenges to you. You, you. Every person needs to understand the secret of having an open heaven. One of the benefits is that you will have peace, you have rest, you have abundance. Hallelujah. Let me just mention um, some of the signs and the symptoms of a closed heaven. A closed heaven. Number one, how do you know you are operating under a closed heaven? Lack of divine visions, revelations. The moment you discover that your antenna can no longer connect to the things of God, such a person is, called, is operating under closed heaven. The moment visions, revelations, you can't hear God generally. And you remember in Acts chapter 10, it was after Peter had been praying that actually when he now went, he now received a vision that now led to one of the most, um, um, uh, you know, one of the most, uh, the things that God now wanted to do to the Gentiles in Acts chapter 10. You know, close the heaven. Number two. Such a person under closed heavens is always overcome by demonic powers. That's why you see people, they, they, when they come, they don't pray, and they are so infiltrated, you know, demonic powers make you your, they, they are runaway. Number three, you plant so much and you reap very little. You struggle with everything. Eh? You know, you, you are full of struggles. And I'm not saying that all the struggles are coming from this, but check your life in these 40 days. You know, you need to come to a place of, 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 of open heavens. All the people that operate under closed heaven, you know, there is coldness at the altar, prayer altar. And many people who experience this, when they are praying, their thoughts are all over the place. You know, be mindful this for the days. Guard your heart, my friend. Guard your heart. Let not this for the days. You are now, there are some talks you need to be avoiding. You know, there are some talks you need to avoid. Many Christians are lukewarm at the place of prayer. And that's why you see that they are leaking everywhere. Why? Close the heavens. Close the heavens denies you that relationship. When the heavens are closed, you will find that, um, you know, the prayer you are making just becomes ordinary noise. There's no fresh fire in your spiritual life. Many people celebrate all the achievements. Eh? But what about now? They will say, ah, now. For example, they will say, ah, for us in the, in the revival of so and so, we, we used to do like this. What about now? That's the thing we must challenge ourselves. Bible reading becomes routine and dry. Quiet time becomes very dry. Why? Close the heavens. The person finds it very easy to coexist with darkness. All kinds of spirits that are not, that are not supposed to be around the person will be roaming around that person because the heavens are closed. The expectations of that person who is operating under closed heavens are cut off. Hmm? We must know this. Another thing is that you begin to leak. And when you leak, you now transfer the leakage to the people who are around you. Hmm? To the people who are around you. Close heavens is really, really very, very bad. Another thing is that, you know, instead of, of moving forward, you are always backward, you know, in your spiritual life. You are under bondage. You are always sad. Because that the fresh fire that God gives us in the place of prayer, 
one of the things it does is that it gives us joy. Because as the righteous pray, intimacy is being built. As they are worshiping, intimacy is being built. And there's no person that is with Jesus that can lack joy, inner joy. When the heavens are closed, we experience all kinds of things, brethren. And in these 40 days as we begin, let us arise to the level of intercession. And spiritual warfare is not going to be optional. Let me make it very clear. Spiritual warfare is not an optional thing. You have to fight. Because what we are against are principalities. Principalities is a plural. Mm? Our struggle is plural. Paul said for our struggle. So all of us are involved, actually. Why is it plural on our side? Because the other side of the dark world is also plural. That's why we need to understand the impact of prayer in this particular season. Every time a church declares prayer and fasting, and people who are even able don't join it, those people miss the divine visitation that that church is supposed to happen. I'm telling you. Every time we declare prayer and fasting, then you, you hear some people who are even able, they are not even old. They are in the name of just, yeah, for us, we, we don't do that. You know, uh, for us, we are Anglicans. And then they miss it. Prayer is the doorway to open heaven. The heavens will always open over the head of the person that prays. You know, a person that prays. You know. And let me finally finish with the implications of open heavens. Open heavens usher us into the rain from heaven and the flood in the earth. These are images that you find in Genesis chapter 7. So, revelation, we are talking about knowledge, we are talking about word of knowledge, all kinds of things. Gifts of the spirit are going to be experienced. When you walk under open heavens, you function inside that rain. In other words, you are like a mobile irrigation, revival in motion. You know, you are a revived person. Every person you meet, if the person was sad by the time they met you, by the time they come out, their life has changed. That's the impact of prayer. Open heavens usher you into angelic, angelic, you know, uh, uh, angelic presence. John chapter 1, verse 51. You can ask the scripture later, but I'll put them here. G Genesis 28, verse 12. Okay? This season here, you have to be available. You have to be awake. Always take note of the things that the visions you are receiving in this week, in this particular month. Open heavens will usher us into visions, directions, revelations, you know, and as it was in the book of Acts. A person that is operating under open heavens is a person of open eyes and open ears, both. Open eyes, open ears. You can't deceive that such a person. Uh, the other day, somebody came to me for a recommendation, and uh, I began to ask them, and um, they said, you know, you see, you see, I knew that you would not give me this recommendation. I said, now, if you knew why, then why did you even come? Mm. So I, I could tell that this person could not, you, you know, may not be the right person. But when you are operating under open heavens, there is nothing you will be able to miss. You will not miss anything. And open heavens finally usher us in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 3, verse 21 to 22. John chapter 15, verse 26. Because men of prayer are men of the spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the comforter. The Holy Spirit is the, is the, you see that word comforter in the Greek is parakletos. Parakletos means intercessor, means standby, means strengthener, means advocate, means helper, counselor, consoler, you know. So we need to understand that we should not apologize for being spiritual. No. We shouldn't apologize for, 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 for strengthening your spiritual life. 
Because these are the things that are going to follow those that have surrendered their lives to be in partnership with God in this time of 40 days, to be in partnership with the Holy Spirit. And the righteous, when they pray, you will discover that that road of power, road of R-O-D, that road of power that has been given to them will begin to affect every place where they go. Why? Because we have been given the mandate that I mentioned uh, you know, earlier on in, in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, that our job is to proclaim mighty acts, not simple acts, mighty acts. So my prayer is that as we begin for the days, we will take note of these two, open heavens and close the heavens. And if you notice any signal, any symptom or sign out of the things that I have mentioned, it's time to cry to God. It's time to cry to God. If you notice you are praying and uh, you are, you all thoughts are all over, you know, you are not really connecting to the things that, there are scriptures that flow as you are praying. Write them down. And with those scriptures, you will be able to say, this is what nation, this is what is God is saying for the church, and so on and so forth. We must rise up to that particular you know, place, a place of no compromise. And as we move into this season, finally, let me mention it. We are going to experience a dimension of the Holy Spirit we have never seen in the cathedral. Because we can't limit prayer only to maybe to a few people. We connect it to the prayer team only. No, no, no. This time around, it has to envelop everybody. It has to envelop in the whole church. You come for a two-hour service, we are just going to pray. There are times we're just going to be praying. And when a church reaches to that level, all the barren will give birth. Yes. All the businesses will boom. All the people that are struggling with loans, there's going to be a dimension of the, the abundance that is going to you know, occur to those people. Why? Because the people that have chosen to wait on God, they will never be on the waiting list of the devil. Never. I'm assuring you that the grace of God will prevail wherever the righteous are lifting their voices to pray because the prayer of the righteous avails much. If it was not true, then James would not have written it. You know, some people think, ah, now um, it's not your prayer really which has made this to be, it is God. But let me ask you a question. Between a car and a driver, you know, sometimes when a car passes and it is speeding, people will say that car is speeding. But is it really the car? No. It's actually the driver that is speeding inside the car. But it's the same thing to say. When we pray, we pray to God and God acts. In other words, if we don't pray, then nothing will happen. I'm assuring you. The heavens belong to God. The earth he has given to man. You don't pray. Ah, that's what is going to happen. Because Jesus made it very clear. He said, ask and it will be given. Hmm? I read it for us here. If you don't ask, that means it will not be given to you. It's very, very clear from the scriptures. So we must understand this. We have been given the, 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 the task to pray. He said, Matthew chapter 7, ask it to be given. Seek, you will find. Knock, it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Have you seen that? And the one who seeks, finds. What is another way of saying that? The, everyone who does not ask, does not receive. That's how it works. We have to pray. Don't be discouraged with the teachings that have come and discouraging people to fast and pray. No, we have got to pray because the prayer of the righteous person avails much. It's the prayer. 
And in one group, I just put that scripture and it silenced such people who say, no, it is not really you. We know that it is not us, but without prayer, if you don't pray, nothing will happen, my friend. If you don't pray for your husband, if you don't pray for those people to be born again, then you will discover that actually no intervention. Without intercession, there's no intervention. That's how things work. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this season. And we ask that um, as we move into this uh, assignment, you are teaching us prayer is not preparation for battle, but prayer is the battle itself. Lord, I ask that our prayer life will not be treated in a very vague manner. We ask that you strengthen this, your servants, that as we look to you, we shall find you. In the 40 days, Lord, we will come out victorious. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jafu. Let us continue as you respond to the preaching. Father, Lord God Almighty, we want to thank you for Reverend Jafu. We thank you for the words that you've used him to speak to us, O Lord. We thank you for your word that revives us, refreshes us, strengthens us, and promises us of all your, your strength, O Lord. We thank you for using him. We pray for a covering over his life. We pray for our feeling. Pray for his family, O Lord, that you shall shield them, you guide them, you protect them from every arm of the evil and my Lord and King. We thank you and we bless your holy name. In the mighty name of Jesus, we prayed. Amen. As we continue in prayer, let's continue in prayer as we bring responses to the preaching. Father, Lord God Almighty, we want to continue coming before you that, Lord, you help our prayer life, you help us as individuals, O Lord, that the we are strengthening, O Lord, in our lives, O Lord, that we should be able to live a surrendered life as individuals, as families, as, as ministers, as leaders of the different ministries that we have at All Saints Cathedral Kampala, that, Lord, there will be a surrender of our life to reflect your glory. Father, Lord, we pray that you help us to surrender, to surrender all, all to you, O Lord. We come before you this evening, surrendering our lives, surrendering our families, surrendering our thoughts, our dreams, whatever it is, Lord, our anxieties, we surrender them to you. That, Lord, there will be an increase of you as we decrease in this season, O Lord, that we shall be able to listen from you, O Lord. Father, I want to pray for everyone's prayer all time this day, O Lord, that, Lord, there will be strength in us, strengthen us to keep in prayer. The Lord, we shall have partnerships with you, and that our daily prayer waters shall not run low, O Lord, but that we are refueling every single day of our lives, O Lord, that not, it will not be just for the 40 days, but Lord, even our lives, for the life that you called us to live on earth, that we shall have a regular, a continuous communication between us, O Lord, and you as that Lord, you raise prayer men and women of prayer amongst us. You will raise men and women of prayer in our church, O oh Lord. You will raise men and women and even children that know how to pray, O oh Lord God Almighty. That, Lord, indeed, all saints cathedral shall arise into a church of praise, that it shall be a house of prayer. Just like in, in Matthew uh, chapter 21, verse 13, that, Lord, your house shall become a house of prayer. Father, we bring repentance where we, 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 we changed your church to various missions, O oh Lord, various objectives, to various, you know, different things that we want to achieve as a church, O oh Lord, other than prayer. This time around, Lord, we come to you saying that, Lord, will you help us? Will you equip us in this season? Will you equip us, O oh Lord? Will you equip our ministers? Will you equip our leaders, O oh Lord? Will you equip every ministry leader, O Lord God Almighty? Will you equip all the ministers in All Saints Cathedral Kampala, my Lord? Will you equip the congregation, my Lord? Will you equip those that have logged on, O Lord? 
that you help us, you strengthen us to keep in prayer, to keep in prayer all times, in all circumstances, that we shall keep in prayer and keep alert, O Lord. That we shall pray at all circumstances, in all situations, O Lord, we shall be able to, 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 to be in prayer, O Lord. Father, I want to continue praying that there will be unity amongst us as a church, there will be unity amongst us as ministers, there will be unity in the intercession ministry, Lord. We lift up the intercession ministry of All Saints Cathedral Kampala into your hands. The Lord will be a strengthening from up above, O oh Lord. But Lord, as we start this time, we shall rely on you for empowerment. We shall rely on you for direction. We shall rely on you for guidance. Lord, that our feet shall be led by you. Holy Spirit, we pray that there will be a visitation for, of the Holy Spirit this evening in our church, Lord, in these days as we fast, O Lord, that we shall allow you to lead us, my Lord. We shall allow you to own your church, to own what we do, to own your ministries, O Lord. We surrender them back to you, O Lord. Father, because you said you shall build your church, O Lord, therefore we pray that you shall be amidst our our programs amidst ourselves, O Lord, amidst all the fellowships that we have, all the different fellowships that gather at all saints cathedral, Kampala, my Lord and King, that there will be more of prayer within us and around us, O Lord. Father, Lord God, we want to pray against the spirit of laziness in our prayer life, the spirit of laziness that causes us to, to slumber, to, you know, to backslide in our prayer life, O oh Lord. We pray that, Lord, if there are any be amongst us here who have become lazy in our prayer, in our prayers, O oh Lord, we pray that you, you strengthen us this evening, that there'll be a strengthening, not for those of us only that are online, but even for those that have, that have not logged in, for the congregation, my Lord, we pray for a strengthening for the prayer lives of your children, for the congregation at All Saints Cathedral, Kampala, my Lord and King. We pray that we shall find strength, we shall find strength telling in your presence, we shall find strength, O Lord, that you take away every form of prayerlessness, Amongst us, my Lord and King, that Lord, through that we shall be able to see your intervention in all spheres of our lives. We shall see, we shall be able to see your intervention in our families, in the communities where we come from, in our church, oh Lord, in our ministries, even in the missions that we we are going to do as All Saints Cathedral Kampala, oh Lord, throughout the year, oh Lord, we pray that the missions that we are going to have, oh Lord, shall be with your power, that we shall be able to go out in power and strength, O oh Lord. Father, we surrender all to you, and that we pray that there'll be a humbling, a humbling of hearts amidst us. There'll be a humbling of hearts in our congregation, O oh Lord, because your word has said that if we humble ourselves and repent, O oh Lord, then you shall be able to hear us. We come this evening once again, O oh Lord, bringing our our uncleanness unto you, O Lord, that there will be a cleansing. Repent for all our evil ways, O Lord. As a church, O Lord, we'll repent, O Lord, as ministers, we'll repent as families, we'll repent as mothers, as fathers, O Lord. We want to come before you this evening asking for your mercy, my Lord and King, that you look upon us with mercy. Will you cleanse us from every filth, O Lord, from everything that has made your heavens close towards our prayers, O Lord. Father, that there will be conviction of sin amongst us, O Lord. There will be conviction of sin in our church, O Lord. That, Lord, when we come to you, there will be an open heavens in our lives, in our prayer lives, my Lord and King. We pray for open heavens in all saints, cathedral, Kampala, Lord, in this season. We want to pray that there will be an open heavens, O Lord, for all the ministers, O Lord, for all the clergy, my Lord and King that there'll be a lot to hear from you, my Lord, and for all the congregants, for all the parishioners, my Lord, we pray that there'll be open heavens, O oh Lord. We pray that, Lord, you'll go before us, and that, Lord, there'll be answered prayers in this season, my Lord and King. There'll be answered prayers for the congregation, that there'll be testimonies of your goodness out of this season, my Lord. That, Lord, even as we turn in your presence, we shall not get tired 
of turning in your presence, O oh Lord, that we shall delight of being in your presence, my Lord. There will be a quickening of our footsteps, my Lord, every single day as we come into your presence. We shall not weary. We shall not get tired of being in your presence, O oh Lord. We shall be able to, to, to just thank the psalmist that I was delighted when I was told to come in the presence of the Lord, Lord. And, and again in Psalms 84 that says that how lovely are your dwelling places, O oh Lord, that even the birds are found a nest for themselves. My Lord, we pray that we shall find joy, we shall find solace, we shall find peace in your presence, my Lord, that we shall not desire to be in places that will deter, that will defile us. Shall yearn to be in your presence, that the youth shall yearn to be in your presence. That Young shall learn to be in your presence, that the old you will enjoy your Lord, my Lord, and Him. Father, we thank you and we bless you. We want to pray that, Lord, there will be a quickening for our church, for all our church members, even in this season, oh Lord. Father, that no one of us shall remain behind. My Lord, we pray that there will be a quickening for your church to understand the seasons that you are in as church that there will be an alertness amongst us, O oh Lord, that there will be a quickening of our inner man, O oh Lord, that, Lord, your children shall not be left behind, that we shall not be left behind as a church, that, Lord, you shall not leave us because of our disobedience, O oh Lord, that we shall be obedient to your voice, we shall be obedient to your call, we shall be obedient to where you want us to go, Lord. When you call us, we shall answer, Lord God, that, Lord, you will quicken us even in our working life in this time that none of us shall remain behind. And, Lord, even as we go out of your presence, we pray that your, your peace shall be upon us, that you shall bless us. And, Lord, the words that we've shared, that they'll come, they'll come alive in our lives, oh Lord. We thank you and we bless your holy name. In the mighty name of Jesus, we prayed and believed. Amen.